Welcome to today's Family Values Podcast. This is Rebecca McLean, and today my son Andrew is with me to talk about how we have found properties that we're very comfortable with uh, to add to our portfolio. And it may be some ideas that you've heard about but maybe haven't engaged in. So when we started looking to add to the portfolio, we had two properties in the UC area and we were pretty excited about them. They had worked out well. We were able to easily find residents um, and the uh, rent rate that we set was in a range where we felt like we were providing a good service, but we were also uh, doing pretty well in terms of ROI. After owning those properties near uh, the University of Cincinnati for a while, Uh, we were very comfortable with how those were performing and decided we wanted to continue to grow the portfolio and to look for other things that would be similar. And on a whim, uh, one morning we uh, had kind of climbed into the car, grabbed some coffee and just started driving. And we were very surprised, I think. I mean, Andrew, you'll have to let me know if if you agree, but uh, I think we were very surprised at the way the communities surrounding our properties had changed since we had first started looking in the area. Yeah, when we first had an agent showing us around, um, some of the most of the properties were not in the best of shape around UC, and when we drove around ourselves, we really found some uh, really nice looking properties that had not been on our radar at first. Well, and I think we, we started seeing different parts of that student community, right? So I think where the agent was taking us, she was certainly not, and I think this is important for everybody to understand, an investor-friendly, an investor mindset agent makes all the difference. So I don't think she was hearing or wanted to hear what we were saying to her and thought she knew what was best for us and therefore took us to areas that did not meet our needs. Would would you agree that she just she just wasn't listening? Yeah, she was just taking us to uh, places she wanted to um, be picked up. Could have been that she had her own commission structure, had her own deals, and might have made better commission on those properties. You know, that's always possible. But I think the to the the greatest greatest extent, she just didn't hear what our needs were and why we wanted to get into those properties. So I think when we took the time to go out and drive those properties, we, um, one of the things that, that opened my eyes completely, uh, was the one on, I think it was Walker that had the open house that we just, we went in ourselves and it showed us, I think what the possibility of a nice reno can do. Outside was nice. It wasn't, fantastically fabulous but it was nice right clean but the inside holy cow wow and i think that kind of for me did a mental reset of what's possible in those communities uh, that we stumbled into yeah for sure interesting that we were so unfamiliar with the area and how it had changed many a dead end many a circular route uh drove through communities multiple times going different ways um, as it was so unfamiliar to us. I think maybe if you took the time to map it out and, and better understand, that would be good. But hey, the iPad with Google Maps on it uh, to kind of tell us where we were, I think worked really well. Yeah. Um, 
the other thing, ha keeping that um, iPad available in the car or using your cell phone, uh, one of the things that we did is we just took a lot of pictures of uh, available property signs, took note of uh, the agent's information, and then just followed up with a lot of phone calls. It's just good old-fashioned hard work to, to some extent. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have a Zillow account too, um, it can show you some places that are listed on Zillow in your area that you can kind of work your way towards. Good point. So as we were driving through, then we would open Zillow, see what was available that maybe didn't have a sign out front. Right. Um, that was a possibility for us to look at. Now, I know Zillow has its challenges, and you can probably find some blogs that I've written um, Zillow bashing, but it at least provides a baseline and gives you the availability to, to follow up after that. But you can see even things that have been off market, you can see when they were on the market, what it was like, what it sold for, and, and get an idea of the area. And you know, the other thing, we ended up with a property, the, the very last property that we bought, that um, I would have never expected to buy. And that was simply because uh, driving through. And I think part of that is, and, and you can find in one of our uh, articles actually on the blog, our reasoning for doing this. But what we did is we looked at areas where we knew they were, and Andrew's going to punch me when I say this word, hip, because um, I know that's not the current term. Yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> but we, we looked for areas that were kind of hot hot areas, right? And what, what would you, especially in your age group, which, by the way, um, the people that are renting and buying at this point are in that millennial age group. So, Andrew, what would you say are things in a community that would draw you to that community? What are you looking for if you were if you if you hadn't purchased your own home recently and you were out looking for uh, rentals? You're 25 ish. What are you looking for in a community uh, that you would want to live in? Um, I would probably say the proximity to nightlife, uh, like bars or clubs, um, proximity to either universities or, um, workplaces, depending on, uh, where somebody is in life. Um, friendly to pets is a big one, at least for me. And then depending on the area and city you're in, uh, public transportation would probably be add to that not so much for cincinnati but i know in a lot of other areas that that is really important you know it's funny that you bring up pets the area that was our second choice that we looked in uh close to uc close to downtown there is a dog park there that every time i drive by it's there are tons of people there and i think a lot of that housing surrounding that area is populated I would say it is definitely a plus to have that that dog the dog park close. Um, in my industry updates, one of the things I talk about is one of the things that makes a millennial buy right now is uh, they're feeling secure in their job. They've settled into a job. They've gotten a great promotion, and second of all, they are now in a committed relationship with their pet, and they need more room 
for uh, for their animals. And we may laugh at that, but you know, you and I are both uh, pet people, and uh, most of the people we know are pet people. So that really does make a difference. I think the other thing that we really started noticing, and maybe it's because we got into that the the student rentals as one of our first, is how important it is to be near a growing, thriving entity, right? So whether it would be um, an employer that's really strong doing a lot of hiring, but look how much just in the time we've kind of been looking and, and working, look how much you see has expanded its student housing and its reach. And then, of course, um, NKU is also starting down that path yeah and then we have a bunch of big companies that a lot of people at least i know are part of um like kroger uh has a big reach here um png fidelity um i know handfuls of people that work at each of those uh big companies around here exactly and you know, one of the things that we had said in the the written article that I want to emphasize to everyone is be very, very careful as you're evaluating a community that you're looking at that opportunity for growth. And that can either mean with students, is, is the college growing? Are they doing a lot of building their own infrastructure? Are they uh, finding ways to expand and uh, grow their student population and that, that group will need housing or conversely which is going to be true more often for the people listening to the podcast employers if you're looking in an area that does not have strong employment how can you expect people to pay the rent and I think people kind of look over that fact as they're making choices I too often in the real world see people buy properties because they're cheap and because they can get into that property for a, a lesser investment, that's where they want to start and that's, that's where, where they feel comfortable. And that can be challenged because sometimes the reason that property um, is not selling for a higher price is not just maybe it's disrepair it's lack of upkeep but it could be because they're the current owner is having such a hard time uh renting it or staying there as as an owner occupant because there's there's no employment to support that yeah so the properties we picked up were maybe a little bit more on the expensive side but they're already in great shape they took very minimal um repairs or um updating uh, and they have a constant flow of uh, people who will pay by being in proximity to uh, University of Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, that's it, it high demand factor. And the other thing to keep in mind is those properties had a good reputation. In the day and age where people can go online and see, you know, historically what's happened at a property, if you had three shootings there last year, it is probably not going to be the most desirable location for a college student or anyone for that matter to move in, feel comfortable and, and want to stay there for a while. So if, if you're buying a property that has to have significant rehab or rehabbing its reputation, um, 
you, you probably need to really give great consideration on how you're going to make that happen before you get excited at the price being reduced by 10 grand or so. One of the things that, you know, we just, we just talked about, we've kind of been circling around is, is growth at NKU. We, so when we got into the uh, properties at the University of Cincinnati, they were yeah, more than a little more expensive than maybe your average first-time buyer of rental property would have paid. The, that, I think, is the difference between when you're ready to take the risk and the reward that you get for it. So there was zero risk for our UC properties. It was a thriving neighborhood. We could look at it. We could see its history. We knew what that would look like. There was zero risk there. The NKU properties that we've, you know, talked about and looked at are a little bigger risk. NKU is, NKU is trying to be or trying to do what UC did, right? They're, they are in the process of growing. They haven't gotten all grown up yet. And so there is a little difference in, you know, the thought process of getting into those because you're you're banking on them growing now let's talk about the thing that we've we've thrown around and haven't done because i am so risk averse but that's the finley market expansion and trying to buy properties around that area and get in on the front of that deal where properties are far lower cost they're going to need a lot more love a lot more rehab but could potentially be bringing what some of these downtown properties are now, which are $1,000, thousands of dollars a month in rent because it's a hot area. What do you think about, I mean, because you, you're, the way you evaluate risk is obviously different than the way I do. I think uh, both of us are more risk averse than your brother, who is, you know, kind of the all-in approach. He is certainly the gambler of the family. But when we're looking at that, how, how do you feel about weighing um in our business decision the, the the differences between high risk high reward and low risk low reward well to start off with uh let me give a little background on finley market it's a open air market where people come together and uh sell like fruits and vegetables and their own made stuff and um it is smack dab in the middle of what has been known as uh, more of a rougher neighborhood and people normally come from out of the area to come to Finley Market. Certainly full of specialty shops. It's it's one of those places that is a really neat experience. Um, great market during the day. People love to be there, but don't, not some place where they stick around uh, often after dark. Yeah. Um, but on the the how I would evaluate my risk taking would be I don't think I would ever take um, something more high risk unless I was farther along in life and had more of a stable uh, income and stuff. So I'd be more on the low to medium. Caleb would totally disagree with us on that. And you know, d- depending on your situation. A financial advisor would say in your youth is the time to risk uh, a little more than than as we get older. That being said, 
protecting your assets and, and having ways to shore that up and make sure you don't lose your shirt is a skill that you learn as well. Um, but I think people that are looking at this have to determine what their comfort level is. Between the three of us, I think we have all all different levels of uh, comfort on risk. And I think that's one of the good things about investing together is that we're able to have those discussions and feel like we have truly evaluated what does this look like and what are the potential risks. Like, so Finley Market is, is scheduled to move forward with some really neat projects through the city of Cincinnati and, and others. Um, with development, it should be as hot as over the run. And we know properties that you could have bought for 10 grand are now worth hundreds of thousands of dollars down there now, especially in terms of rental income. Uh, but that's going to be a minute, right? And so the, the risk is you buy that property and the economy does not move forward and therefore they don't go through with the redevelopment and then what are you going to do with that property? If you have a stomach for it, uh, it can still be a good investment because it will improve to some degree, no matter what. But being very careful that you don't overly depend upon uh, what you see as the future as you're making that decision so that you're not you're not betting on thin air. Yeah, just I would, I always go into something and think about like what is the low end of what you're gonna get if what you hope for isn't what you get. Like what what is the base rental income you would expect if none of this stuff happens? What's the wor- what's the worst? Uh, what is it? Uh, hope for the best and plan for the worst. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely how we uh, look at the strategy. But the other thing is, as we looked at these student properties, which I, I am all for um, continuing to do that in, in our own business and encouraging others to do that as well. Uh, but as we were looking for the student properties, we found some small communities um, like our Clifton Heights, which is oddly enough in Newport, uh, that were going through a revitalization of its own and a great place for uh, either individuals that are starting new, starting out in a job or new families, that whole community is pulling together and making a push to revitalize. And I feel very comfortable being there. Yeah. It's got really nice, um, skyline views and it is close to, um, like downtown Cincinnati and over the Rhine and also close to, um, like places to eat and grocery shopping and like that kind of stuff too so it's a nice like in between kind of area and a decent school system if if you are looking for uh, families as your uh, demographic that that you're renting to um, I think this appeals a little more to singles but um, certainly be careful of fair housing issues don't advertise that you're you know to sway one way or the other between singles and families but in terms of what we believe is most attractive to those people, I think uh, our, our last purchase appeals to both. And I think that's true. I think skyline views of the city, that just wasn't as big a deal um, in the past. And I'm not sure exactly why that's true, but 
that's really important now. People love that. And certainly the proximity to downtown, the uh, restaurants, entertainment. So I'd say just to wrap up that everybody has their own way of looking for properties or trying to get a feel for what's going on in the area. But if what you normally do isn't working out for you, um, sometimes you might want to reach out and feel what other people in your area are doing or even people in other areas uh, that aren't in your city or state that might apply to your area to maybe just switch things up to see if you can find uh, a diamond in the rough. Absolutely agree with that. As as a uh, family investing business, I love grabbing a coffee and driving. We've found things that we didn't expect. And sometimes the old-fashioned way of just hitting the streets uh, can be the best way. Also, just keeping in mind the uh, long-term ability to to get a good ROI on a property. Check employment, check the growth of the area, check what's available. Uh, make sure that you'll be able to provide a good value to your residents and therefore get a great return. You can check out the accompanying article to this session uh, back on the Family Values blog, and we hope to see you again next week here on the Family Values Podcast.